Yeah, yeah, we're live. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, g'day, everybody. Welcome to episode one of Bush Lawyers. My name's Matt. I'm going to be the host, and alongside me is the uh, the legal Stig. G'day, legal Stig. Hello. And uh, the uh, the reason why we're not la- naming the uh, the resident lawyer is because you're um you've been banished from the legal profession. We could say. Stripped of all titles. Stripped of all titles, um, and you don't really want to be associated with me anyway. Um, the reason why we started this podcast is that um, I'm a, a bit of a, a village idiot and also a smartass, but I'm also a stickler for the rules, I would like to think. I'm the sort of um, guy that would um, indicate into a parking bay at, at 6 o'clock in the morning when there's nobody there, um, and the, the legal stig obviously is here to provide all of the, uh, the proper legal advice. Do you want to do the disclaimer, legal stig? Well, with that sort of introduction, it seems uh, it seems crazy as to why you'd ever take my advice anyway, because I've been banished <laughs> from the profession. Yeah, I, I quite agree. And um, and as we said, I'm an idiot. Um, so you know what? If you want to take legal advice from this podcast, then go right ahead. You're probably not bright enough to sue us for any damage it causes anyway. But um, but seriously, don't. Anything we say here is um assume that it's wrong, even though obviously it's not wrong because it's, you know, we're pretty good at what we do. Um, all right, we're, we're going to be discussing interesting elements of the law, particularly Australian law, perhaps with a few guests along the way. Um, you'll notice that our, our legal stig is quite knowledgeable and I'm not, so we hope that um, little bit of difference will, will make it interesting. We've got a, a pretty cracking episode to get us started, don't we? I'd say so. Yeah, I would too because um, I actually need some advice um, because we've got a bit of a situation unfolding right in the studio where this is being recorded today at my place of residence where the grass is awfully long, isn't it? Did you notice that on your way in? Terrible. Terrible. How long would you say it's been since it's been mowed? Six to seven months. <laughs> well, I don't think it's that bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we've uh, my my first legal question for you is um is this so our um our landlord or not the landlord the um what do you call the the people that that aren't the landlord but the landlord pays the agent of the landlord yeah so so they emailed us and said hey the grass is pretty long can you mow it please and I emailed back and said um actually you said that mowing was included um when we signed on for the lease so um so why don't you mow it because you said you were going to take care of it, to which they said, well, maybe once a month isn't enough. You should take care of that in between. So I, um, I emailed back and said, not a problem. We can, um, we can take care of it um, and I'll just forward you the invoice. Is, uh, is that acceptable? And they haven't replied yet. Um, where do I stand there? Well, on the surface, it seems that the, uh, the original agreement um, was pretty clear on the terms. Mm-hmm. So... In terms of that original contract, the additional mowing w- would be um, not not in line with that that agreement. So great. Um, so I could tell them to get stuffed, basically. Yeah, that that, that that that's what I'd say. Yeah, great. Because they um, they reminded me that in in the Residential Tenancies Act, it was a the tenant's responsibility to to take care of these sort of maintenance things. Yeah, you have a general duty to. For cleanliness and repairs, um, as would be reasonably expected yeah. of a tenant. So, so does them saying to us verbally, "Hey, we're going to take care of this," because it's a there's a there's a lot of grass on this property, mm. um, you know. So we we sort of assume that we didn't have to factor in mowing and all that sort of stuff into the price. Does that does that override the Residential Tenancies Act? 
No, I think the contractual agreement is the uh, is the key here in this case. All right, brilliant. So I could sue them for um, for how much money do you think for asking me to do the mowing? Well, no, you can't sue anyone because you know it's, it's more of a compliance issue and penalties under the RTA. Not not so much your uh, you don't have a legal right to sue. There's no legal basis. Right. Okay. Then. So I don't I don't have a leg to stand on. You could say. Well, you do. You have you you have the the RTA and the and the standard form contract mm. behind your tenancy agreement. Okay. So if I wanted to go to the High Court of Australia, could I do that? Yeah, well, I mean, that's or, an option. Or is it more of a Supreme Court? No, look, I think in this case it would be it would be wise to apply to the High Court. <laughs> is that the highest court? That is the highest court. All right. What well, what are the differences in the courts? So um depending on the relevant jurisdiction. Yeah. You typically start any sort of case in the magistrate's court um, and then that could raise up to the district court mm-hmm. and then to the Supreme Court and then to the High Court. Right. So you've got a, a bit of a way to go before you put in an application. And, in fact, you need an application by special leave to apply to the High Court. Right. Okay, then. But you might you might have heard in the news there's a, a big case at the moment with the... Uh, with the lawyer X or the... Uh, oh, yes. This is that Tony Mockbell's lawyer that, that grasped him out? Yeah, that's right. Was that, that the legal term for it? That's the legal so, term for so it. So what's, what's happened there? So that we've got a, we've got a lawyer who is um, lawyer X, so a police uh, witness, essentially, or a police informant. Informant, yes. That, um, that has been the lawyer for a ton of gangsters and has at some point just had a sneaky word to the cops and said, oh, you know how I stood up in court and said, um, this person isn't guilty, they're an upstanding member of the community, actually they're a drug dealer, um, you know, throw them in jail. Is that the, the gist of it? Yeah, I mean, I haven't looked into the details, but it's alleged that she was a registered informant with the police for a certain period and that was known, but then mm-hmm. it, it appears that, that, that she was an informant for a much longer period of time while she was representing her clients. Right. So as a lawyer, your paramount duty is to the court and to the administration of justice. But you also have a, a, a duty of confidentiality and uh, a duty to your client to act in their best interests. Right. So and has she done the wrong thing by her client? Absolutely, yeah. So oh, all, right. all of the clients that she's, uh, that she's allegedly informed on, mm-hmm. um, they may have grounds for a mistrial. Ah, okay. So it's an interesting situation because you've got um, actual criminals and a defence attorney that's, uh, I guess, putting them putting them behind bars. But now, because it's been done unethically, then mm. there's a bit of a. It's going to cost taxpayers lots of money to to rehear all these trials. And what was there going to be a whip around? Well, yeah, in I'd, the say, I'd say that's how it's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> is that the standard way to to fund trials on behalf of the Commonwealth? They whip around in perhaps some affluent suburbs. No, when we say that it's going to cost cost the taxpayer money, it just means that uh, it costs lots of money to run these trials to pay mm. for to pay for judges and to pay mm. for um, in some cases legal aid. Which yeah, is... and do we still have those people that sit below the judge and, and type out the, the court? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Associates and yeah, right. Okay. What do they use these days? They're using a desktop or a laptop or a typewriter. Or... Yeah, they use the. Um, sometimes they actually write it out with a quill. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. Yeah. Well, 
Have you been to a courtroom? Um, yeah, I have actually. Yeah, yeah. I think I went. Um, I think I went on a school excursion once. It wasn't quite as um, as pompous as like a judge duty sort of thing. It was actually quite modern in some ways. It wasn't like three hundred year old timber stands and and um, you know, in trap doors that were leading down into the prison cells and all that sort of stuff. Although yeah. I'm sure some are maybe like that, are they? Was that year five or year six? Or? Yeah, it could have been. Could have been either, actually. I was I was always drunk. I can never remember. Oh, at school? Yeah. yeah. In yeah. primary school? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's let's move on to our, to our next topic. Um, the other thing in the news at the moment, um, you may have heard about it. Um, apparently in the 90s there was a bloke who went around Claremont um, killing killing innocent women. Yeah, the Claremont serial killer who was dubbed and he was like the talk of the town. I had um, I'd sisters which were, you know, I think about 18 or 19 at that time and, you know, my parents were petrified whenever they were leaving the house to go out. It was a, it was a, big, a big thing if you're one of our younger listeners. Um, so he's, in, he's before the courts at the moment, isn't he? What, what court is he before? Uh, I dare say his trial's to be heard in the Supreme Court. Yeah, okay. Given the nature of the serious uh, murder trial. Yeah, okay then. There was some, um, what, what caught my eye, and um, and I don't want to cover ground that's been covered in the, uh, in the other, the West, the West Australians' Claremont Serial Killer podcast, because oh, yes. I know that they've, they've got one as well, which... It, Let's let's be honest. It sucks, doesn't it? Oh well, some of the key witnesses were, were quite uh, enthralling, were they? So we got some some of the Perth's, I would say Australia's heavy hitters on this podcast to talk about legalities. Like I haven't listened to it. You told me that older. Who was it? Who was on there? Oh, Basil. Basil Zemplis, the uh, former, you know, hit network breakfast host. Um, come. Channel 7 football commentator. And footy player. And footy player. Who would know the legalities of the uh, this case better than better than Perth's own dads, really? No one, really. No one. Um, yeah, but we're going we're gonna to talk about the legalities of the case because there's some, some very interesting things. I think some, some perhaps untested, got that from the castle, untested, is that a legal term? Uh, I mean, it's not necessarily a legal term, but... Carry on. Yeah, okay. So I think there was um, some issues regarding evidence, which I think were, were untested and were, were breaking ground in Australian courts, whereabouts the uh, the prosecutors were insisting that the judge watch a, a pornographic film. Has oh. that ever been done before? I couldn't tell you. And the defence said... I've actually never been in a court. <laughs> you could have said that for episode five, sure. <laughs> um, and the prosecutor... No, the, the defence said, no, 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 the... Um, they don't have to. He doesn't have to watch it. Why would they not want the judge to watch watch the porno? I don't know. I'm guessing it's abhorrent. Yeah. Okay. So you think that it would have like an emotional effect? Because well, yeah. it comes back to to the to the to evidence law, and you're looking at whether or not evidence is probative or prejudicial. So mm. when we say prejudicial, we're talking about typically in terms of a jury, mm. and and it'll prejudice the jury against. Against a person, uh-huh. so so you've got this this this. But there's this no item. jury here. It's only the judge, isn't? Is it not? That's right. That's right. It's it's um. It's as I understand it, uh, 
impossible to get a jury that wouldn't be prejudiced against this particular villain mm, because he's done it like he's we because we we both obviously know that he's he's guilty as hell don't we well no not in this country we have oh to, come on mate just look at him i mean you, you know you can't convict someone based on their looks yeah yeah okay you know well well, I, well i've got a bit more to say about that but i um but first, getting back to where we, where we got sidetracked there, I found it interesting about this pornographic film that um, the prosecutor says the judge has to watch it, words can't describe it. The defence said, no, 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 it's fine, we'll just type it out, um, you know, what happens scene by scene. And the judge has taken one for the team and said, no, 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 I'm happy to watch it, um, but I, I'll just disregard anything which I find irrelevant to the case. Is that like striking gold for a judge getting to go to work and just watch porn? Well... Absolutely, yeah. It's a it's a disgrace. Yeah, that's what I that's what I thought. It's almost as disgusting as the uh, Cardinal Pell. Oh, jeez, we're going to cover too much ground. Let's do a Cardinal Pell episode as well, because he's um we can say he's guilty, can't we? That's right, beyond a reasonable doubt. Beyond a reasonable doubt, and um, he's so guilty, in fact, that um, two former prime ministers came out and said, oh, despite that, not a bad bloke." Oh, Mr. Rabbit, Mr. Harewood. <laughs> Mr. Harewood. His, uh, his comments on that were as bad as his um, his bowling technique, John Howard's. Not as bad as Kevin Rudd's uh, down bowl uh, <laughs> expertise. <laughs> yeah, at least uh, at least Kevin Rudd knew not to perhaps support publicly a convicted pedophile. Uh, yeah. yeah, that yeah that doesn't seem like a, a wise uh, career <laughs> move. But no, it doesn't. You um, could describe both of them as being over the hill. Yeah, you could. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it probably was just a nice summary of what people think of them anyway. But, Agree, um, yeah, yeah we, we won't get sidetracked there. Let's go back to this this guilty as hell Claremont serial killer who you you said before the podcast, said, Matt, I know you want to bring up the ser- Claremont serial killer. Um, he's not been convicted yet. Don't say that he's guilty because he's, you know, technically not. Is that is that because you don't want – like, could the – could their defence say, hey, this bloke on a podcast said he looks guilty as hell um, and apply for a mistrial if um, <laughs> if he gets thrown away? <laughs> um, <laughs> Are we flattering ourselves? Yes, a little bit, yes. The, uh, frankly, your opinion won't be... Uh won't be admitted into evidence. All right, then, because I'm just going to go out and say it again. He's, he's guilty as hell. And I'll like, say it again. In this country... The prosecution is uh, charged with proving mm. their case beyond a reasonable doubt, which is a very high standard. Yeah. Okay. And what? Um, so you're trying to say he's innocent until proven guilty, even though he we know he's not. No that's judgment, the, that's the law of the country. Yeah. But so how come we can name him? Because let's be honest, this this man is never going to get another job in this country because you know. Obviously, everyone is going to think he's done it. So let's just say that he was found not guilty. Like, his life is ruined. Is that, you know, even though I hope his life is ruined because he's guilty as hell, let's just play devil's advocate, assume that maybe he didn't do it, he's innocent, he's been trialled, gets found not guilty. He's pretty much still been found guilty and still received a punishment just by being named. Is that is that wrong or is that a, a beautiful fact about the Australian legal system that we know who's on trial um, and it's a good public, transparent process. That's quite an interesting point you raise. Um, I understand that the, uh, the the police must have a a 
prima facie case or a Oh, what does that mean? Live every day as it comes, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So uh, that's exactly what it means. Live every day as if it's your last. I think I've seen that tattooed. Yeah, no, that's not what it means. It's a a case on face value. So they've got enough evidence to charge him and they would Mm -hmm. have a court order to charge him. So he's actually been held behind bars for a couple of years already. So, yeah. Um, Because he's done it. A suppression order would only come into play when... um, you know, there was sensitivity issues or you needed to protect someone. Mm. But because this guy is clearly guilty, it's all good. Well, like I keep saying. Yeah, if you're listening, by the way, Clement Serial Killer, and you um, do get off, um, <laughs> all that, or just a bit of a laugh, mate, really. <laughs> you're guilty. Oh, I think you just go up on the IGA wall of shame. There's nothing... Um, you know, thing toward, but um, so he's guilty. What's um, what's going to happen um, if he gets found guilty? Will his lawyers appeal and say um, you know, the the judge was um was wrong? Erred, as they say. Erred. Erred. What yes. does that mean? Erred. Erred. Erred on oh. these on these facts or legal principles. Okay, you'd think that'd just piss the, the judge off more, wouldn't it? Saying to a, a judge that they're wrong. Yeah, well, you, and that's how the legal system works: is you apply to a higher court. Right. So you basically go, instead of sending an email, you CC in the boss and go, hey, just so you know, I don't reckon this is right. Yeah. So it's an appeal to a, in this case, uh, well, it'll be, for, in the first instance, the single judge of the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. and then they can go to a full court of the Supreme Court, which would be three judges. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And he's got a um, a pretty good uh, legal team by the looks of it, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, star-studded. Star started legal. How do they afford that? How does a serial killer pay for a lawyer that good? Well, it's interesting because I saw that the uh, he's got some legal aid support. So right. it's actually a heavily subsidised uh, barrister. So I thought legal aid barristers were like the the ones that almost got fired or like the, um, you know, fresh out of uni, can't get any other job. Let's get some experience doing legal aid. No, well, I believe this, this man is actually a QC. A QC, all right, as we've seen on the on the castle. Yeah, so I don't understand how there's so many QCs because there's only one queen. <laughs> QCs, of course, being the lawyers that um, counsel the queen. Yeah, that's right. I mean, how many how many queens are there? Well, I don't know. Well, there's lots of birthdays of the queen. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's lots of Queen's birthdays, like the Queen's birthday in Queensland, Queen's birthday in WA. I see it come up on my um, on my iPhone calendar all the time. Yeah, but it's the same Queen. How many how many legal representatives well, does the Queen need? Well, probably lots. She's got you know all the King's army and all the on all the Queen's men, as it says in the nursery rhyme. So she's probably got a lot of you know horsemen and a lot of lawyers. I would say horsemen. Yeah, well, they ride horses around to protect her in the eighteen. 18- Hundreds. Yeah, look, there's a few little, there's a few little, um, there's three little um, throwbacks anyway, isn't there? Would appear so. Yeah, it would appear so. Um, all right, so we're going to we're going to follow this this Claremont serial killer case a bit more. Um, what are that? What do they have to do to to put this guy away? They have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he's guilty. Even though everyone knows, you know, everyone's been been wanting this guy to to get thrown in the slammer for the good part of 20 years, surely that's enough. That Now we've found a bloke, we're going to throw the book at him. Yeah, so the, prosecu- the uh, defence will put the prosecution to their, uh, to their facts mm-hmm. and they'll have to prove it. So I was actually thinking, do you remember um, 
some time ago you actually dated a, a barrister. No, I don't actually, did I? Yeah, it turns out that she uh, wasn't actually a barrister. Wait, hang on a second. Can you explain this to me? I, 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 I don't want to make it out like I've got a, um, a long rap sheet in terms of my dating history. But well, yeah, I mean, I thought you'd have a bit more knowledge of the law considering that you once dated a barrister. Wait, wait how long ago was this? Don't, don't obviously say their name. Um, did I say they were a barrister? Yeah, well... Or did she? Funnily enough, it turned out that she was actually a barista. <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this true? Did I actually get it so wrong? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, OK. I was wondering why when I dropped her off in the morning, it wasn't to the law courts, it was to um to Dome Cafe. Yeah, that's right. And uh, could have been the 12 uh, consecutive shots you did. <laughs> Does that happen quite frequently in court? Do you think that baristas accidentally turn up um, and look for their clients in the in the waiting room of a court? Look, I think that's probably quite a common mistake. Mm. Yeah, I would I would imagine that it that it would be too. Are there any other interesting quirks that you've noticed about the um about the Clermont serial killer case in particular? Um it's what? a cut and dry. He's going to be, they've got all the evidence. He's going away. Widespread media coverage? Yep. That's good reason why they don't have a jury. Yep. Okay, then. Well, if they go up to a higher court, um, if they appealed um, the guilty verdict, which we all hope it will be because he's... <laughs> mate, this guy bloody well did it. If you haven't seen a picture of him, then, you know, just look. He's just that seedy type. You just look at him and you think, oh, this... Bloody well did it, didn't he? Yeah, that, that doesn't really seem like grounds to put someone away. But... Oof, I don't know. On face value, as I say. Yeah, on um, on prima facie, is that? That's right. Yeah, you've learnt something very yeah. new. Live each day as it comes. I think you should make an effort Seize to... the day. Seize the day, that's what it translates to. Yeah, you should make an effort to use it in most of your sentences in real life. Yeah, okay then. All right, I can I can definitely do that. Well let's um let's leave it there for today. We'll um we'll see everyone next week. What do we um no, we'll keep it a surprise what we're gonna cover next week, then we can change our minds if anything. Matt's dating life part. No, I would hope that there isn't too many legal issues to um to cover in regards to my dating life. Yeah. Yeah, and um yeah, all right. We'll see then. about that. <laughs> You've got a, um, a few people that have contacted you, perhaps. In my arsenal. In your arsenal. All right, then. All right. Well, uh, we'll two can play that game, Legal Stig. Maybe I'll, I'll name and shame you during the week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can, um, you can check us out on Facebook as well, and the Facebook address is... Facebook.com forward slash Bush Lawyers. Bush Lawyers, great. I might even, um, we haven't made the, the, the Facebook page yet. I think, I, yeah, maybe we'll go Bush Lawyers podcast. Yeah, and with any luck, we'll be up to a 1,000 episodes soon. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Um, so basically, if you're out in Perth, um, you can uh, commit a bit of crime for us, then get it some media coverage, send us in the article. We'll have a good chat about it if you want a bit of infamy. Um, or if you've got a bit of a... Bit of a dispute, like a bit of legal advice. Yeah, on. absolutely. Please, um, please message the the Facebook page. We would love to, um, we'd love to help you out, um, whether it's a, a large legal case or a um. Oh, listen to that. Cops. Bit of, <laughs> how fitting. We've got some real life sirens around in this affluent suburb. That doesn't happen very often. Very often in the leafy greens that we're uh, recording this in. <laughs> I think an important takeaway message is. This. You know, you don't have to mow your lawn, even if uh, even if your uh, partner or your your mother tells you to. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
it's all about the contract with the law at, at face value. And as Dennis Denuto would say, tell them to get stuffed. Over and out. Over and out. Message the uh, the Facebook group if you've got something interesting you'd like us to discuss. See you next week. And... Bush lawyer up. Bush lawyer. That's, that's a terrible ending. All right, see you later.